Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. We're going to talk a little bit about the prayer of confession in the sermon today. But our scripture lesson this morning is from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. But before we read it, let's go to God in prayer. Holy and gracious God, we thank you for this morning, for the fact that we can come here and we can worship you, that in the next few moments, quiet our minds and open our hearts and our ears so that we might hear where you are speaking to us. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Again, this is Isaiah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. So this morning, we're finishing our sermon series, Yes, Vember. And today, we are looking at The call of yes. What does that even mean? The word call is a super churchy word. We use it a lot around here. But what it really means is it's a term to describe where God is leading us and guiding us. And it sounds really big. I mean, a call from God. Sometimes a call is hard to identify. I mean, who gets called? How do we hear it? I mean, it's not like God calls us on our cell phones and tells us what the plan is for the day, although that would be kind of nice. And last week, Jeff mentioned that I would be talking about my call story today. I'll be honest, I wasn't so sure of that until he said it into the microphone. (laughs) And so then I was literally called to share my call story. But to be honest, it actually does really go hand in hand with this Isaiah passage, so I will share it with you. I'll tell you, I remember this fall afternoon like it was yesterday. I had finished teaching for the day, and I really loved teaching middle school. I had the pleasure of teaching some of the most amazing students. Like, for example, one Christmas, I had a student who made me a Christmas card, and it had a poem that included all of the historical and geographical facts that she had learned in our class thus far. And there was never a dull day because, you know, I mean, middle schoolers. And I have endless stories. They were smart and hilarious And watching students grow and learn and have those light bulb moments never gets old. But I was experiencing major inner conflict. So I called my senior pastor, who is a spiritual giant in my life, and I asked if we could talk. I walked into his office, and he asked me what was going on. 
And I proceeded to tell him how much I loved teaching. I loved the students. I felt like I was good at my job. I taught with some of my very best friends. But I just couldn't shake this feeling that I was supposed to be doing something else. I told him about the time when I was 17, and I just knew I was supposed to be a pastor. But I thought that that would be when I was a whole lot older because, you know, all the pastors, I knew them were really old. And then I realized what I just said to him, and I tried to take it back. As we talked more and more, I remember him looking at me like I was missing the point. And he stopped the conversation and he said, Carrie, this is what we call a call. And I have to tell you, if it weren't for Lane Alderman following his own call from God and speaking such truth into my life, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be standing here today. But I have to tell you, calls from God are not just for pastors. They are for all of us. This passage in Isaiah that we read this morning, it helps us understand what it means to be called by God. And it's going to take us a minute to get to the calling part, so so bear with me. But you see, Isaiah's vision came in the year that King Uzziah died. What you need to know about King Uzziah is that he was a very successful king. He reigned for 52 years. But at some point during his reign, he started to feel like he was even more powerful than God. And so he started to challenge the sacred worship. And truthfully, it was his arrogance that ended up leading to his death. And prophets like Isaiah, they're called to speak the word of the Lord to those who have forgotten. And that's exactly what's happening here. Isaiah has this vision, and he's filled with so much awe and repentance. In fact, um, in verse 5, which comes right before the passage we read, Isaiah says, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, Isaiah's prophecy is such a powerful representation of what will come when Jesus dies for us. This passage is foreshadowing what we now know as the love and grace and forgiveness that we have through Jesus Christ. Forgiveness and grace as powerful as a hot coal touching your lips. When you really think about this image... It shows how serious God is about forgiveness. Sin is literally blotted out. And God says, let your guilt go. One of my favorite parts of our worship service is the prayer of confession. And I know that might sound weird. Why is my favorite part of the service the one where I talk about where I've done wrong things for the week? But it's true. It's our very first prayer of worship. And we get real, real fast. We start our service honest before God, like Jeff said, and honest before one another. We acknowledge that we mess up and that we can't do this alone. We don't want to be like Uzziah, 
someone who's bought into the lie that we can do this life ourselves. We are lost and we are broken and we live in a lost and broken world. And the truth is that we need a savior and we're honest about it, just like Isaiah is here. And then we ask God to help us do better. But we do all of this assured that we are forgiven. We are assured that because of Jesus, our sin is blotted out. And God says, let your guilt go. Now, some people might say, well, if you're forgiven, why even worry about what you do? Do whatever you want. You'll be forgiven anyway. But see, there is no way to experience God's love, God's mercy, and God's forgiveness without being changed. German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer says that if we say that we are forgiven and saved, but we don't live like Christ calls us to live, then we're just practicing cheap grace. To know Jesus, to have faith, inevitably means that our natural response to Jesus is to follow him. It's not forced. It's not something that's mandated. It's our natural response. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a gift and you just know that you're never going to be the same because of it? In March of this year, one of my best friend's homes burned down in South Carolina. She and her husband, their four children, and their pets were inside when the fire started, sound asleep. Her neighbor, Mona, happened to wake up in the middle of the night. and She just happened to walk by the window and she saw the fire. She ran outside in her PJs. She ran to their back door. She's calling 911 on her cell phone. She's screaming, they're not answering. She's then on the phone with the dispatch. And she gets a planter and she tries to throw it into the door to break in. About this time, Betsy and Brian wake up and they, they hear the noise. And they go to the door and they start to realize that there's smoke in the air and they realize what's happening. Now, Mona could have, have run away to safety, back to her own home. She has already woken up her neighbors. She's called 911. Help is on the way. But she doesn't. She says, I'll help get the kids. She runs into the burning home and helps them get the kids out. All of the kids, all of the pets were able to get out safely. But it was less than two minutes after they all got out that the house was completely consumed in flames. Two days later, I drove to South Carolina to be with Betsy. I met Mona, who Betsy describes as her guardian angel. During our conversations, Betsy told me that she would be forever indebted to Mona. Of course, Mona wants nothing in return. She just did what she felt called to do as a neighbor and a friend. There's nothing to repay. But because of what God did through Mona, Betsy is forever changed. And she lives her life in response to what's happened. Betsy's natural response is to be a good neighbor, to be grateful for each moment, to seize the day, to love her family 
and her friends and her community deeply because she's been on the receiving end and knows not only how life-changing it is, but how life-saving it can be. In our passage, Isaiah has experienced God's forgiveness and grace, and his natural response is, here I am, send me. Isaiah feels called to go and follow God before he even knows where God is calling him. Now, I want to tell you there's a part of the passage that we didn't read, and and I would be remiss if, if I didn't tell you about it. It's the very next verse, verse 9, after Isaiah said, Here I am, Lord, send me. God wastes no time. God has an assignment for Isaiah. And he says, Go and say this to the people. Keep listening, but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. Make the mind of this people dull and stop their ears and shut their eyes so that they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds and turn and be healed. Okay, Isaiah is being called into a very hard situation. Basically, he's being called to prophesy to a faithless Israel. This was his assignment from God. And honestly, if I was Isaiah at this point, I might be saying, oh, are you sure? I take it back. Maybe you want to send someone else. In fact, I do that sometimes. I question where God is leading, or I think maybe I have a better plan for my time. This actually happened this week. You see, every month, the pastors in our area get together and have lunch. And there's generally a topic for discussion. And the lunches are always great. But I would like to be real. It's a bunch of pastors sitting around for lunch, so there is not a lack of conversation. And some of the pastors are retired, so so they don't have anywhere to be. So it can be a lengthy lunch. And this week was a little hectic for me. And I was kind of thinking, oh, well, maybe I could use this time to, you know, like write a sermon. But Jeff came by, gave me a little bit of a guilt trip. And he said, well, you know, Carrie, they moved this lunch this week just so the pastors at Roswell could attend. I went to lunch. And I am so glad that I did. Because during lunch, one of the pastors was sharing something that he had learned through a book. It was Brad Lomanick's book on leadership called H3, Be Humble, Stay Hungry, and Always Hustle. But he got this idea from this book that shaped how he sees his call and how he lives his life. And when he shared this idea, I knew I was meant to be there. And I knew God was speaking through him because this is the exact thing that our Isaiah passage is talking about. The idea is to shape your life according to these three things. Your identity, your call, and your assignment. Your identity. First, who are you? Just like Isaiah, God encounters us where we are, even if we're lost, even if we have unclean lips, even if we live in a broken world. 
God says yes to us. And we know that God sent his son for us so that we might have everlasting life. Scripture tells us in John verses 14 and 16, 1 verses 14 and 16, And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. And the Apostle Paul reminds us later in his letter to the Galatians in chapter 3, verses 26. Now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. More than your name, more than where you come from, more than what you do for a living or how much money you have, the good news is this. Your identity is rooted in Christ. Because God has said yes to us through Christ Jesus. Your identity is a child of God. And through God's fullness, you receive grace upon grace. This isn't some just nice or feel-good statement. God says yes to every single one of us and claims us through Jesus as part of God's family. Second is your call. Isaiah experienced God and he was changed. He confessed that he was lost and in need of God. He experienced this amazing forgiveness. And his natural response was, God, I'm all in. Here I am. God calls the believer from an awareness of the mysterious to conviction and confession of sin and reception of forgiveness and finally surrendering to God's direction. Why would we not follow this God who has said yes to us, claims us, loves us, and offers us eternal life? Our call is to discipleship, to follow Jesus and to trust him, to be faithful and use our gifts and talents to further the kingdom. You might be thinking, well, I don't have any gifts or talents that God can use. I'm here to tell you, God uses us all. Remember, God worked through Mary, who was a young teenager. God worked through David, who ended up becoming an adulterer. God worked through Rahab, who was a prostitute. God worked through a less than favorable tax collector, Zacchaeus. It is God that does the work. We are the people that he works through, but we have to be willing to say, yes, here I am, Lord. God calls each one of us to follow Jesus in every aspect of our lives. We might not always know where God will lead us, but we can trust that knowing God calls us, and he calls us no matter whether we are equipped we can remember that God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the called. And this brings us to the final part of the idea, your assignment. When we say yes to the call of discipleship placed on each one of us, where will that lead? Isaiah said, yes, here I am, before he knew the assignment. Each day, we can be looking for where God assigns us for this particular time and place. 
You don't have to quit your day job to follow Jesus. Rather, God can use you anywhere you are. You just have to say yes and to follow where God leads. And our assignments can change. And I know that this can be hard. Sometimes it's hard to hear God. That's okay. I want you to take comfort in the fact that sometimes it's in the silence that God draws near. Sometimes it takes time to really hear God. Sometimes we have to wait. And sometimes, like Isaiah, the assignment isn't glamorous or easy. Sometimes it's just plain hard. But there are fruits and gifts that come from saying yes, some that we could never imagine. When I accepted my call and assignment to go to seminary, it wasn't easy. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I was still going to work full time, so I had insurance. And then I ended up getting engaged and married. And during seminary, I had a baby and changed jobs. And then I realized I had to do a chaplaincy from 24 to 40 hours a week for six months on top of my job. And I was thinking to myself, how on earth am I going to do this? It was a mess, but it was my assignment. I actually loved being a hospital chaplain, but something happened during that time that I could have never imagined. Lane, the one who helped me hear God's call and be faithful in answering it, got sick again. And he was in and out of Northside Hospital where I was a chaplain. And when he'd get there, he'd text me and tell me his room and say, come visit. Sometimes we would laugh and catch up. Sometimes he just didn't feel good and we didn't say much at all. Sometimes we would pray. Sometimes we would cry. And I got to see just how much he was still living out his call in a new assignment. He was such a blessing to the nurses and doctors there. And in fact, I got in good with some of them just because of my association with him. But did I ever want this to be my assignment? Watching someone who is a spiritual giant, someone I loved and cared for, suffer? No. Was it hard? Yes. But this identity as a child of God, the call to be a follower of Christ, and the assignments God gives do bear fruit and gifts. Being with Lane during that time was a gift. Our conversations and prayers are some that I will treasure for the rest of my life. Lane got me to realize I just had to say, yes, here I am, Lord. Where do you need to answer the call and say, yes, here I am, Lord? Let us pray. Holy God, you have claimed us as your children, and you have called us. Help us to be faithful in answering your call and your assignment for us and living in natural response to your love. We pray all of this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. If you'd like more info about Roswell Presbyterian Church, check out our website at roswellpres.org.